Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to finish up Luke chapter 10. But before we get into that, I just want to say thank you for being a listener. Thank you for watching on YouTube. And thank you, especially for those who share the Grinded Podcast with your friends and your family, your coworkers, just people that you know. Uh, because when you share the Grinded Podcast, you're giving them the opportunity to hear about Jesus, to know Jesus, and to accept Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, that they too can have the hope that you and I have. So thank you for listening and sharing the Grinded Podcast. Now, when we left off in the last podcast, uh, at the beginning of Luke 10, uh, Jesus had commissioned 72 different uh, disciples, and he had given them the power and authority to to go into these villages and, and to preach that the kingdom of God is here. And to back up that message, they had the authority and the power to cast out demons, and they could work miracles. And if the people accepted the message, well, then they, they were pronounced a blessing. But if they rejected that message, they, they, they basically uh, sealed their own fate, is what Jesus said. And, and Luke picks up here in verses 16 through 18 with uh, those 72 returning to Jesus. And he says, when the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. Yes, he told them, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I have given you the authority over all the power of the enemy. And listen, this is the cool part. And you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Now, I don't recommend that. You know, we don't want to test God, but uh, there are some churches here in the South that, that do handle snakes, if you're into that kind of thing. I'm personally, I'm not. But Jesus said, he told them, he said, I, uh, he, he said, you have power over the enemy. You can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. But... Don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. Now, there's all kind of flavors out there in churches, and I'm not here to knock anybody's flavor. I promise that's not what I'm doing. But I grew up in a Baptist church, a Southern Baptist church, and I started attending an Assemblies of God, which is a Pentecostal church, and that's where I started playing drums. And I know with I noticed with the Pentecostal uh, churches they they push miracles and they push the Holy Spirit and, and that's fine I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that but I, I just real quickly want to say that we need to look beyond the miracles and look for the miracle worker because it I've seen it happen far too often where the miracle doesn't happen let's say somebody's got COVID or somebody's got cancer or somebody's on their deathbed with some kind of sickness or disease or they've been in a bad car accident or whatever and we're praying for a miracle to happen but that person was to die well what about the person that was praying for the miracle and the miracle doesn't happen that person can very easily be discouraged and and, and blame god and get mad at god because you know you know they've claimed all this stuff in jesus name and and, and they didn't get the answer that they were expecting to get and so they can can draw back and it's very very dangerous but if we're and I'm not saying don't pray for miracles, because by all means, pray for a miracle. And I pray that God blesses you with your miracle. But if we look to the miracle worker and we do take our last breath, 
Well, we're, st we're still winning. We're still going to heaven to be with Jesus for eternity. So it's, you know, if we don't get our miracle, we still win because we take our last breath here on earth. We take our first breath in eternity and where we will be with Jesus forever because we've been washed in the blood of the Lamb and we have the hope because of the power of the resurrection. So it's a win-win. And so I just want to encourage you, yes, pray for the miracles. But don't be discouraged if that miracle does not come because you still need to look at the miracle worker. And that is exactly what Jesus was telling the 72 disciples when they came back rejoicing about how demons even bowed down to them and they, and, and they worked all these miracles. They were just so excited. And Jesus, you can tell the joy that was in and you'll see it when we uh get into this here in just a minute what the, the joy that it brought jesus to see these 72 so excited about serving him and god working miracles through him but the point that jesus tells them he says don't rejoice because the evil spirits obey you rejoice because your names are registered in heaven so what, what is he talking about here that their their names are recorded in heaven well, he is referring to the Lamb's Book of Life, where if we have accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior and we're washed in the blood of the Lamb, who is Jesus, then our names are written down in a book in heaven called the Lamb's Book of Life. And in Revelation chapter 20, John is describing what it's going to be like on Judgment Day. And in verses 11 through 15, he says this. He says, I saw a great white throne and one sitting on it. The earth and the sky fled from his presence, but they found no place to hide. I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne, and the books were opened, including the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up its dead, and the death and the grave gave up their dead. And all were judged according to their deeds. So everything that we do on this earth is being recorded. It's, it's, it, 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 it's, God is... is, is he knows everything. He's omniscient. He, he's, he's omnipresent. He, he knows everything that we say and do, and, and, uh, and, and it's being recorded. That's why it's so important that we be washing the blood of Jesus Christ because we don't stand a chance. We all are sinners, and we're separated from God by our sin unless we are washed in the blood of the Lamb. And so he says, All were judged according to their deeds. Then death and the grave were thrown into the lake of fire. This lake of fire is the second death. And anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire, which is what we call hell. In Revelation 21, 22 through 27, John is describing uh, he, he's seeing what heaven's going to be like and he's trying to pin it down so that we can read about it and, and just kind of imagine because he's, he's writing to a bunch of persecuted people and he's giving them hope and he's, he's trying to describe what he is seeing in terms that when they can read it they can because they're being persecuted for their faith and, and they're saying oh, but here's a place that I'm going to be able to go to if and when I, I die because of this persecution. And so he's describing what heaven's going to be like. And this is what he says in Revelation 21, 22 through 27. He says, I saw no temple in the city, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. 
And the city has no need of sun or moon, for the glory of God illuminates the city, and the Lamb is its light. The nations will walk in its light, and the kings of the world will enter the city in all their glory. Its gates will never be closed at the end of the day, because there is no night there. And all the nations will bring their glory and honor into the city. Nothing evil will be allowed to enter, nor anyone who practices shameful idolatry and dishonesty. But only those, who here are the people who get to enter into heaven. Only those whose names are written in, here it is, the Lamb's book of life. And that's exactly what Jesus was talking about to these 72 disciples. He says, oh, it's awesome that you're, able to, that you're able to work these miracles and you're able to cast out demons. But don't rejoice over that. But rejoice because your names are recorded in heaven. And this is where their names are recorded in heaven. And that's where our names are recorded in heaven, in the Lamb's book of life, if we are washed in the blood of Jesus. So before we go on, i got to ask you this question. Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you're not washed in the blood of Jesus, your name is not written in that book. And if your name, if you die and your name is not written in that book and you stand before God on Judgment Day and your name is not in that book, you will be separated from God, cast into hell for eternity. Who wants to choose hell when they can choose heaven and be with God for eternity? But a lot of people do it. It makes no sense to me. But I want you to see, I want to show you, I want you to see the joy of Jesus when these 72 come back and he's and, and they're they're rejoicing uh, and telling him all these things that they were able to do and how the demons even uh, you know they had power over the demons. And uh, Luke captures this moment. From Jesus, his joy in 21 through 24. It says, At that same time, Jesus was filled with joy of the Holy Spirit, and he said, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever, and for revealing them to the childlike. Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. My Father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the Son except the Father, and no one truly knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. And then when they were alone, he turned to the disciples and he said, Blessed are the eyes that have seen what you have seen. I tell you, many prophets and kings long to see what you see, but they didn't see it. And they long to hear what you hear, but they didn't hear it. Think, think about what Jesus says here. He says, Blessed are the eyes that see what you have seen. And he says, Kings and prophets long to, th they, they, that, this is what they live for. They live to see the things that you get to see. And he's talking to his 12 disciples, a bunch of ragtag, ordinary people, fishermen, tax collectors, just people who are rejected by society. God in the flesh, Jesus has handpicked these men, these 12, including Judas Iscariot, who would betray him. And, and Jesus says, Blessed are the eyes that see what you have seen. Prophets and kings wanted to see this stuff, and they didn't get to, but you have. Now, can you imagine how awesome it would be to walk with Jesus on a daily basis and see the blind eyes uh, open up and able to see again, the deaf ears to be able to hear again, to see 
when when they came into Nain and that that funeral procession was coming out of town and Jesus stopped the funeral procession and he and 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 it, it's a widow woman and it's this is her only son and Jesus puts his hand on that casket and that boy jumps up out of that casket alive and the joy that would have been brought to that that mom and and and, and now her son is alive again to see all these awesome things it, it was just it was just great mind blowing mind blowing and jesus said kings and prophets just long to see what you see but you have the opportunity to see it and not only uh did they have the opportunity to see it but they wrote this stuff down so that you and uh that you and i can read about it and 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 make a decision on whether we want to be a part of this or not whether we want jesus to be in our lives or not and i hope that you choose to have jesus in your life when we come back from break we're going to finish up luke chapter 10 taking a look at uh this know-it-all uh biblical scholar who uh wanted to question jesus he wanted to test jesus and that's that's not a good thing I wouldn't recommend testing Jesus, but that's what he tries to do. And we'll talk about it when we come back. We'll be right back. We all know technology is great when it's operating properly, but when it's not, it can be a huge headache. Well, I want to tell you about my friend Joshua. He is a tech guru, and he is here to help you with any problems that you are having with your computer or your phone. Joshua offers computer troubleshooting. He can get rid of those viruses that slow your computer down. He offers computer training. He offers iPhone and iPad tutoring. He has Wi-Fi support. He offers web hosting. Joshua can come over to your house or he can help you with your situation by phone. Check out his website at joshuastechservices.com or give him a call at 865-268-6698. So we finish up Luke chapter 10 with the story of uh, the Good Samaritan because Jesus has this expert, this religious expert who knows all about the law, and he's going to come up to Jesus, and he's going to test Jesus, and he says, what should I do to inherit eternal life? So Jesus gives him the answer. He says, well, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? And the guy answers, he says, because he, you know, he is the expert uh, after all, he says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your might, and Love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, you're right. He says, do this and you'll live. And the man, he didn't stop there. It wasn't good enough for him. He, you know, he wanted to dig a little deeper into Jesus. And he says, the man, Luke says, the man wanted to justify his actions. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Well, he went a little too far there because Jesus is going to, uh, not physically do this, but he is going to spiritually slap this guy across the face and punch him in the gut with what his answer is going to be. And here's the answer that Jesus gives this uh, religious expert uh, who knows the law so well. And it, it's a Jew, by the way. Jesus replies with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. And then a despised Samaritan came along, and then he saw the man, and he felt compassion for him. 
And going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, Take care of this man. If, this, if his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now which of these three, Jesus says, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by the bandits? And the man replies, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. So this religious leader, this expert of the law, he comes up to Jesus. He's testing Jesus, and he wants to know what's the greatest commandment. Well, love God and love your neighbor. Well, who's my neighbor? Well, Jesus says, let me tell you this story. There's this guy who goes, and he's going down the road. This is a Jew. And uh, he gets beat up. He gets thrown in a ditch. He's robbed. He's left for dead. He's dying. And the the first person that comes along is uh, is the preacher, basically, as a priest. And uh, uh, the priest not only ignores the guy, but he passes by on the other side of the road. The second person that comes by is, is uh, another church leader, and he just looks at the guy and says, "Oh, what a pity." And, and goes on and, and doesn't do anything to help his fellow Jewish uh, brethren, uh, brethren. And then this Samaritan comes along. A Samaritan is somebody who the Jews have no dealings with. They hate the Samaritans. Jews cannot stand Samaritans. In fact, they would go around Samaria. They had a, a pathway around Samaria because they would not step foot on Samaritan soil because they would consider themselves unclean if they just touched Samaritan soil. So they would go miles around Samaria instead of going through Samaria, which makes John 4 so important when Jesus said, uh, I must go through Samaria. And he had that conversation with that Samaritan woman at the well. And it's a great story in, in John chapter 4. But Jesus is telling this story and he's saying, look, your own fellow kinsmen, these Jews these church leaders have passed by and, and did nothing to help their fellow Jew who was dying in this ditch. And here comes this despised Samaritan who shouldn't have anything to do with this guy, who shouldn't care. So your, your fellow Jews should care all about this guy, but they didn't. This Samaritan should not care about this guy at all because this Jew hates him. And the Samaritans don't care anything about the Jews. But yet the Samaritan had compassion on this person. He bandaged up his wounds. He, he, he dressed his wounds. And, and he put him on his own donkey. And he took him to an inn. And he paid the bill. He, he went all out for a person who can't stand him. He showed compassion. He showed some mercy. And so it's like Jesus is saying this. Who got robbed? A Jew. Who uh, who passed by the first time and, 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 and didn't help the guy laying in the ditch who was a Jew? Well, it was a Jew. Well, who passed by the second time and there's the Jew still laying in the ditch, dying and crying out for help? Well, it was another Jew. And this other person that passed, passed by was a despised Samaritan. And it was the despised Samaritan who had compassion who showed mercy and so jesus says so who mr jewish religious law expert do you think is the neighbor in this story but notice something here 
Notice that the 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 Jew who is the 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 law expert here, he didn't say. Well, it was obviously it was the Samaritan. He he didn't call the Samaritan by name. He didn't say, oh, it was that Samaritan. No, he said it was the one who showed mercy. He couldn't even say the word Samaritan. That's how much they despise Samaritan. This is why I say Jesus slapped this guy in the face and punched him in the gut spiritually with this story because he knew what Jesus was saying. He knew that Jesus was saying, you may know the law, buddy, but you ain't practicing the law. You're, you're not, you may know the commandments and you may know the greatest commandments about loving God and loving your neighbor, but you ain't loving your neighbor and I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you know about it. And, and, and so uh, he says, the one who showed mercy. And Jesus says, go and do the same thing. And, and the, you know, you think about the Pharisees and the Sadducees and, 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 and um, all these religious experts who were supposed to be pointing people to God. They, they, they knew the law. They wore the phylacteries. And the bigger the phylacteries, the more scriptures they knew from the Old Testament. And, and, and they had a very bad habit of looking down upon everybody that was not one of them. Like... Uh, the the story of the Pharisee and and the sinner who was in the temple and and the Pharisee says I'm glad I'm not anything like this guy over here and then you got this sinner sitting over here and he's beating on his chest and he wouldn't even look up toward heaven and he's just beating on his chest and asking God to have mercy on him because he is a sinner they, they these religious people were high and mighty and 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 so Jesus is telling this this religious expert to, he's basically saying this he says get off your high horse bro and humble yourselves and that's a great lesson for for you and and, and for me Colossians 3:12 says this therefore as God's cho- as God's chosen people holy and dearly loved clothe yourselves with compassion kindness humility gentleness and patience ephesians 4 2 says be completely humble and gentle be patient bearing with one another in love and in that story of of the the good samaritan the good samaritan is the one who showed love The, the good samaritan is the one who showed humility not these jews who just walked on past and didn't help uh, their fellow brother who was laying in the ditch dying. Psalm 25 9 says, He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. But if you think about it, so many people today, not much has changed because so many people are like this religious expert. I don't care how much Bible knowledge you have, I don't care how much money you have, I don't care how big your house is, how many cars are in the garage of your house, none of that matters. Because we are to be an example of Jesus. That's the whole point of Luke chapter 10. He has, com- he has saved us, he has called us, and he has commissioned us to tell others about him and give them this message of hope. And Jesus loved people unconditionally, without condition. And if you're not doing that, if I'm not doing that, then we're not being a very good example of Jesus. And then Luke's going to finish off... Uh, the chapter talking about Mary and Martha and he says as Jesus and his disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha 
and welcomed, uh, where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught, but Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about, and Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. This is none other than Mary, Martha, and they have a brother who you probably heard the story a hundred times of the guy who came out of the tomb in his grave clothes, none other than Lazarus. And so they had invited Jesus and his disciples into their home, and, and, and Martha's in there, and she's cooking up into the kitchen, and, and she's noticing that she's the only one that's doing all the work. And Mary is in there, and she's listening to Jesus teach these people. And Mary's just in there soaking it all in. And Martha, she goes to Jesus, and she just stops the teaching, and she says, Hey, Jesus, don't you see that I'm doing all the work, and this is not fair. This is not right. I'm doing all this work, and Mary's just sitting in here on her butt, and she's not doing nothing, and she needs to get in here and help me. Now tell her to go in here and help me in the kitchen and finish this meal. And, and she's expecting Jesus to say, Hey, Mary, you need to go help. But that's not what Jesus does. He kind of scolds Martha, and he says, Martha, you're missing it. You're, you're, you're so worried about all the details. You're so worried about being busy and cooking this meal for us when you should be worried about me because I, I'm what you need to be focused on. Not food, not drinks, not this crowd, not a clean house. You're busy, 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 and you're missing out on me. And I'm not going to tell Mary because Mary has, has, has discovered the right thing, the true thing. She's discovered me and she's sitting here listening to my teaching and she's soaking it all in. So I'm not going to tell her to get up and go help you because she is doing what is most important. She is listening and to me and she is soaking all of this in and you should be doing the same thing. And so I want to end this podcast by, by saying this. It's so easy in our world today because you know we work a lot, we work many hours, we got kids who are in sports and band and, and, and doing all kinds of things and we're running here and we're running there and we're being pulled here and pulled there and so many people's wanting our attention and, and needing our help and, and, and so we're just busy. We're just super, super busy. Even even with church work, if you're involved in church work and, and, and you're in ministry, it's so easy to get caught up in being busy, busy, busy that you miss Jesus. And we're starting this new year. Don't start off the new year in a wrong way. Focus on what is important, and that is Jesus. I know you have to work for a living, and you have to make money and, 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 and pay your bills, but don't get so busy and caught up with all these things that doesn't matter to a hill of beans that you leave out Jesus. And that's what Jesus is telling Martha. He says, Martha, you're busy with the details, and that's not what's important. I am what's important. So as we start off this new year, don't lose focus on what's important. Keep your focus on Jesus. And as you keep your focus on Jesus, be like those 72 disciples that Jesus sent out 
because you have been commissioned to tell people about Jesus. Keep your focus on Jesus and share Jesus so that other people can have the hope that you have, that their sins can be forgiven, and that they too can spend eternity with Jesus. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Keep grinding. God bless. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.